What's up, top of the list listeners? It's your boys, RB, here with my co-host, Dom. Say what's up, Dom. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, this week, we will be reviewing the much-anticipated three-part release of Andor. Of course, this being a prequel of the uh, Star Wars story Rogue One that came out what 2016 17 yeah right? good memory rb yeah. 2016 yeah so this uh of course the backstory of our main character from rogue one cassie and andor really yeah. uh at least through our first three episodes a an origin story mm-hmm. of cassie and andor and uh yeah you it's, know it's, it's the I, new star wars dude it's the newest we got for star wars it, it really is and you know star wars has been going a lot of different directions with since the deal with Disney Plus, uh, I mean, of course, we've had The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, uh, and then this. Have I missed any others uh, of the live few, actions? A few animated shows as well, right. The Bad yeah, Batch yeah. and a Revival Vision. of the Clone Wars, Visions as well. So they're branching out definitely with Star Wars, but you know what? No Star Wars movies, right, RB? Ever since The Rise of Skywalker came out, right? Not yet, and I think we've discussed on the show before. Uh, I mean. They are slated to make a completely original Star Wars feature film directed by Taika Waititi, correct? Yeah, and we don't know when the next Star Wars film is going to come out because it's so far off. Uh, And right now, we're in the realm of television. And um, I'm going to hand it over to you to to give out your score right after I kind of just talk about mine. Is that cool? Yeah, go right ahead. All right, cool. So what I want to say about this show is uh, this is new Star Wars, and I mean that in the literal form in any way possible. This is unlike any Star Wars we've seen before. And for many reasons, I love these first three episodes of Andor. I think it's way more serious and gritty and a more adult take on Star Wars than we've seen in the past. And that is something I've always wanted. And it's not something that a lot of people have wanted. There's, you know, there's an outspoken group of fans that say, no, Star Wars is for kids. That's what the new trilogy of movies with you know ray and um kylo ren and all that stuff were for they were primarily made as new movies for kids but also for people that grew up with them as as you know younger people and um you know this show was different in in the fact that i feel like this show is made for a more adult audience and i loved it now i don't have um a glowing review as far as it goes i don't think this is like a 10 or a 9 and I think that's because the show does have a little bit of a pacing issue. But for what we got here in these first three episodes, I'm very excited to see where this show goes. More excited than when, you know, RB, off, RB and I off camera were talking about it last week. We're like kind of a mild excitement, not really interested in it too much because, you know, RB, I, I think we, we've both spoken about this before. We weren't big fans of Rogue One. We felt like the third act was about all that movie had to yeah, offer, right? Very much so. Yeah, so we didn't go into this one with that high of expectations, but I was pleasantly surprised. I've get the, uh, you know, and I feel like episodes one and two uh, were pretty slow paced, but I feel like episode three picked things back up really nicely. And I'd probably give this an eight and a half out of 10 just for its originality. So I want, I'm interested to see what you have to say, RB. Yeah, and um, I, I'm 100% willing to change my score here because, okay. again, I think the episodes got better progressively and I'm excited to see where they go with this series. But as it's gone so far, I don't think I can give the show anything higher than a six and a half out of 10. And why I say that is because this is so far a, a 
an origin story, as we said, about Cassian Andor, who, quite frankly, is a character, thanks to Rogue One, that I really don't feel any sort of emotional connection towards. It almost reminds me a little bit of how I felt watching Black Widow. I think that's the best way I could cite it. Because at that point, we knew... There was no edge because we knew how Black Widow was going to die. So she had to be alive throughout all those sequences. I feel the same way here. As much as it's, you know, narrow escapes from this, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the the pre the pre-more security. Mm-hmm. You know, it's narrow escapes and explosions. We know he's going to be fine in the end. So yes, it's it's neat to see his story, and I'm excited to see where they go. In this last episode, I love the introduction of Stellan Skargenskar's character, Luthen Rail. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought he added it. He's really cool so far. Yeah. I love the dialogue between him and Cassian. Again, I really liked. If it weren't for episode three, this would have been about a five and a half, six for me. I give it the half point up for three, and I expect it to continue to get faster. But again, totally agree with you. The pacing, especially through episodes one and two, were very, very slow and almost hard to follow, of course, going with. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the planet he's from. Uh, Canari. Canari. When they're yeah. when they're speaking the Canari language, the choice to not go with any subtitles and translations and just sort of leaving it up to the viewer's point of view. I think some of those sequences went on a little bit too long. Uh, okay. And then in the in the final episode, my one knock is the jump cuts between uh, young Cassian Andor being sort of adopted in and split with him escaping uh fez i'm trying to remember the name of the fennec fennec is that correct no the uh the current uh place they're on current planet they're on oh yeah it starts with f i know know what you're saying yeah yeah so his, I mean, the I planet where all some, the construction is going on. Yeah, and stuff. There were some yeah. quick jump cuts there that I'm like, wait, which time period are we in? Is this young Cassian or are we, I, I fully agree. Yeah. Now, again, there's some standout performances as well. Um, we can talk about those a little bit later. But yeah, I, I, I think overall, this show has the potential to be better. Um, I'm, I'm fully invested to keep going in it. But right now, I can't give awesome. it higher than a six and a half out of ten. OK. And I, I think that's a fair score, RB. I think that. Um, the, you make a lot of valid points, especially in that episode three, where we're jumping back and forth between time periods. And a couple of times I kind of re- re- had to rewind and I was like, wait a second, did we, are we, what time period are we in here? Yeah, and yeah. then I figured it out in after that. So, you know, but you're right. They did cut that together a little strangely. Um, one thing, and I, and I do kind of agree with you in the aspect of the flashbacks to um, the whole idea that we're not getting subtitles. We just have this, you know, language that's being spoken. I think there's positives and negatives to that. Like you said, the pacing suffered a little bit, but then again, I think it's a really creative way to, to show, um, you know, it's, it's kind of in the same way that we had uh, the sign language in the planet of the apes trilogy. I thought, I thought it was really interesting to see just this like primitive style culture this Absolutely. is this is the yeah. first time we've seen something like this in Star yeah. Wars, really. I mean, that's what's really cool about it. the the only the only uh, the only object that I'm sitting and looking because looking at the time frame, this is taking place around the same time as Rebels, which I'm currently watching right now. So, I mean, so far I haven't recognized anyone yet. Um, and I think that's what this show's going to do differently, okay. RB. Yeah. I think that, and you know, we've debated about this in past Star Wars episodes. I think this is going to be one of those shows where we're not going to see R2-D2 or C-3PO show up. 
at least maybe not until the end of the show. Right, right. Now we're not going to see those big characters. Yes, but what I mean, just just finishing mm-hmm. up my point yes, there. Sorry. I do like the take on Canari because this is something that we've never seen in Star Wars. We've never really seen a primitive culture. I guess we had the the uh, the Ewoks, but uh, right. let's call it a, a primitive human culture. Yes, right. And I think I think they did a great job in Episode Three of you know opening right up with him entering this spaceship. And as he's going through this spaceship, it's it's like it like up to that point, those flashbacks felt like they were something completely separate from Star Wars. Yes. And then when he gets into the cockpit of the spaceship and we see all this very Star Wars, like, you know, 80s LCD panels and stuff like that, we're like, oh, there we're blending this. It was a new style that I really appreciated. Yep. And that was a big positive for me. But like you said, the pacing did suffer in especially in episodes one and two. Um, one thing I want to talk about that is the biggest plus in this show is um and you know it's not always as high quality as i'm about to praise it but i want to say the dialogue in this show is a big step above what we've seen in the mandalorian and especially the book of boba fett you know the mandalorian and the book of boba fett weren't afraid to be cheesy when they needed to be and this show is very serious very you know the dialogue you it's like you know the first time people watch uh you know game of thrones and they're like, wow, there's a lot of talking and stuff going on. And then there's a giant, you know, explosion or a big moment. Um, that's kind of what this show's trying to pull off. Um, yeah. Another thing I want to make a comparison to, are, are, I'm actually curious, RB, if you've ever seen these films, but the Blade Runner films? I have not, no. Okay. To me, this totally felt like the director of this show was like, let me try to blend Blade Runner and Star Wars together because those are very dialogue heavy films, the Blade Runner, two Blade Runner films. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like they were going for that style where it's primarily a lot of intense dialogue, a lot of discussing things and being on the run from something and it's raining and he's wearing a coat just like in Blade Runner. So it's, it's yeah, very similar. I, yeah. And the, the intensity, I th- yes. think that's my big plus from the show is this does have a lot of suspense, a lot of intensity. I mean, I think they do a great job in the third episode pairing. Anytime something happens with the, the banging of the bell, and then so of course cool. at the end, the reckoning, everyone. Yes. You know, oh, you know what happens when it stops the reckoning. That was a great yeah. sequence. I love yeah. that. And yeah. what, how'd you feel about the action overall RB? Cause I thought it was way grittier. And I mean, from scene one, I, I was like actually pretty shocked by the first scene where he brutally murders this guy. I thought it was yeah. really great. It's it's neat action for sure. Again, and not as choreographed. I, this is where I knock just about any of the new Star Wars films that haven't been part of the you know the the nine, let's call it timeline A. Everything from uh, Phantom Menace through Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker saga. Anything outside of the Skywalker saga. I'm begging for lightsabers because to me, that's what got me into Star Wars was when I was a kid watching trailers and seeing lightsabers. And I mean, I'm sorry. That's what I'm I'm going to want to see if you're going to brand something as Star Wars. That being said, the action is very neat. It's just to me the same action, you know, with laser guns that really you can see in any sci-fi film. I yeah, I, I kind of see what you're saying, but I fully disagree on the fact that, you know, the whole thing about lightsabers um, been there done that we got uh, nine you, movies you're, you're right you know what there, i mean there's nostalgia there's a nostalgia point of i mean course. that's what keeps a lot of star wars people but involved. If, i understand that if we see it all the time generation. we're gonna get sick of it i mean we're getting that from we're the dark saber we're getting that from the mandalorian we got to see luke using his lightsaber we're getting that and it's be, this is trying to be completely separate and i appreciate uh, yeah. that and like like you said rb you had a great point there the intensity the the um 
you know, the grittiness was one of the big, best, now, best points. No, I mean, but just talking about it, yeah. I mean, please, I'm just going to call the attention here. If it weren't for Rogue One being made, would you have had any idea that this was a film in the Star Wars universe versus a standalone sci-fi television show? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like I there's a couple of a couple <laughs> of mentions of the of the Empire. But beyond that, I mean, I, I don't know that I would. Oh, I, I totally would. Okay. Uh, I mean, but that's what that's I, I get what you're saying, because I feel like this is also one of those shows where someone that hasn't seen any Star Wars ever could watch this and follow along and be like, okay, yeah, this is just an intense show about a guy on the run from this, you know, security patrol or whatever. And that being said, yeah, this, this pre-more security patrol, have they been mentioned anywhere else within rebels and whatnot? Because I, I had not heard of them up until, okay. So this is the first for all of us. To me, this was uh, kind of similar to the situation we had in cloud city in the empire strikes back where we have this independent company, right. That, is being pays taxes to the empire and that's how they do their business same thing with cloud city you know they're a mining colony and they pay taxes to the empire to stay independent and that's what i kind of got this vibe from here and um as far as like the whole thing about this being star wars uh the overall the overall uh kind of idea for the show that i'm getting where this show's going is that this is the origin of the rebellion which i think is really interesting that um, they're kind of painting this picture, you know, if you had just seen the Star Wars movies, um, you'd think that the Jedi were kind of behind the beginning of the rebellion or, you know, Princess Leia and all these big characters were part of the rebellion. But really what I love about this show is it's so ground level. It's showing this planet where everyone's impoverished. Everyone's working these, you know, industrial jobs in this industrial town and they're poor. And it makes sense that this is where the rebellion would kind of, these are the people that would be on the ground level that are angry with the empire. That's what rebellion is, right? It's not a bunch of aristocrats saying, oh, we want to rebel against the government. No, it's a bunch of poor people that are like, no, the, the empire treats us really shitty and we don't get paid enough and we have to live in poverty and we have to pay all these taxes to the empire, just like the American revolution, we want to rise up. And I think yeah, that's really I, interesting. I can see that. And I'm very curious to see, how this goes with uh, Cassian, and of course, now that he's at, at the end of this third episode, you know, going off with uh, with Luthen Rail and what yeah. what sort of groundwork? Obviously, Rail has you know is a somewhat of a rebellion leader, and who who his group is. So that that's what I'm excited to see with here. I'm also um, excited to at, see at more Empire rest. too. I want to see some yeah, run-ins with the Empire, and that'll make it feel really Star Wars. Now, so far, uh, I, I think if you have to circle one, at least from my point of view, standout performance, it has to go to uh, to Kyle Solar's uh, Cyril Karn as our, our, our primary antagonist so far. I think he's excellent. He's actually really, really enjoyable in this role. Yeah. I, I agree. But I, I also think, though, that Diego Luna deserves a lot of recognition because I love him as Cassie Nandor. I love him in this serious role. And um, I remember rock- watching Rogue One and thinking that he was one of the bright spots in that movie, actually. And that was one of the biggest negatives is that I actually liked Cassian Andor more than the main character of uh, Jen Erso. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed his his darker take on a Star Wars character, kind of like a scoundrel, like Han Solo, but he had some loyalty. I, I enjoyed that. And um, I like that they picked up the show and they're taking that and showing his development into that rebel that we see in Rogue One. I, I enjoyed that, the origin. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely been interesting. There, I mean, 
It's to the point, at least in the first couple of episodes, though, that I felt like they almost made him too unlikable. Mm. Um, mm. I, I mean, I don't like he owes money to people. He clearly <laughs> doesn't work. You know, everyone else in this this town seems to be working their fingers to the bone and he just kind of walks around like he runs the place. Um, I'm, I'm not crazy about that. He's on the run. Yeah. The, the, the image they painted of Cassian Andor at the beginning. I mean, that opening sequence is kind of badass. where, yeah. you know, he's, he's stood up by these and he's on searching for his yeah. sister and stuff like that. I thought yeah, that was so interesting. I, I mean, I, I like that, but then sort of the character that they've developed on who he is mm. on, a, you know, on his home planet, uh, or not, not, uh, he's definitely not, not, a. I mean, they even showed that in Rogue One, right? Where he kills a fellow rebel just so he won't talk to the Empire and give them, you know, sensitive information. That was part of Rogue, the intro to Rogue One that kind of shocked me. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. You know, he's not afraid to do what he needs, you know, for the cause. And I yeah, think we're going to see him at evolve this point, into that. It's not the cause. He's just willing to do whatever he does to save his own skin. Exactly. And I think that evolution is going to be pretty nice to see over yeah. the course of the show. Exactly. I, yeah. I think the show will develop nicely. Uh, how many, do you know how many episodes they're planning to do? I know we're at three right now. Uh, I, is it going to be six episodes? I think it's 12. This is 12. one of the longer okay. shows that they've, okay. that they've planned. Yeah, it looks like you're, you're absolutely right. 12 with the last one being re uh, released right around Thanksgiving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I, I did want to bring up as well was um, sex is real in Star Wars. Confirmed. Right, RB? Yeah, I mean, the, people were I talking think, about this on Twitter, and I, I think, saw. It. Yeah, we're we're referring to the brothel sequence right at the beginning, really. Right? Not just yeah, not just that, but also Fix, uh, she uh, and her. Oh uh, yes, partner. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim nudity in Star Wars was yeah. a little jarring to see. I was like, okay, they're definitely going for an adult vibe here. Yeah, that's, that's it. Wasn't true. real nudity, but I no, mean, it no. was nudity. You know, you know, movie Hollywood nudity. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I. I like this darker take on Star Wars, the grittier take. And I think that's why I'm praising it so much. Maybe it hasn't kind of sold you yet, RB. And, it and it I think, hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Yes, I, I like the original take. But again, yeah. I'm still waiting for this story to develop and see where it goes before I'm ready to sing its praises just because it's something a little different. I, I, I feel you there, too, because I think there's room to grow as well, like you said, in the story. So I think we're on a similar level. Uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that... Um, one of the biggest pluses I could give to this show, I don't know if you noticed in RB, but I mean, the minimal use of CGI. Yeah, Everything was true, practical. Yeah. I, I love so, that. Yeah. I love yep. that. The Especially the big the alien center. guy that's intimidating him. Did you see yep. him? I, I, yeah. He was cool looking. Absolutely. Yeah, he was awesome. Yep. And what do you think about uh, B2 Emo, right? Isn't that yes, his little yeah, droid the, friend? Yeah the, one, yeah, the one they call B. B, yeah, they call yep. him B. Yep. yep. He's kind of cool. Yeah, interesting. You know, a, a take on what what a droid is, sort of in in this impoverished area. I mean, yeah. we always thought, I, I guess, in the Star Wars universe, that there was nowhere more poor than uh, than Tatooine, and clearly right. there is. Right. Yeah, this, we, you know, we we thought more. some of these droids that you know, I know C three PO and R two D two belong to to Leia before they made their way to Tatooine, and I, I guess before that they were built by Anakin. Anakin, yeah. yeah. And yeah. um. I think that this just goes to show how impoverished the, the city therein is because there's no jobs to spare. They need all the manpower power they need because they don't have the droids yeah. to, to yeah. do these jobs and, like and these other planets. And droid is constantly you know, malfunctioning, you know, running yes. out of charge. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's definitely Unique. an interesting take. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, love, yeah. I love the voice work done by Dave Chapman. Yes. I, I, I really enjoyed a lot of this show. But, you know, if they could clean up that pacing – and mm -hmm. kind of get it moving 
I think we have some potential for a really good show. I don't know if it has potential to be better than Kenobi because so far that was one of my favorite shows this year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Kenobi definitely takes the cake for me so far. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if it can even get close to that level, but I'm interested to see where it goes. We got 12 episodes. That was one of the biggest complaints about, you know, some of these shows is that they're too short. Now, are they going to continue to release them? Do you know three at a time or is it just going to be one at a time from here on out? It I looks will, like actually now said, looking at it, it's going to be said one no at a time. Thanksgiving. So, I mean, that's what eight weeks away. Yeah. So let's, let's see. It looks like next week we will have just episode, episode four. Yeah, yep. So, so one, one a week from here on out until November 23rd. Yeah. There it is. Yep. There it is. RB. And we, then we get a season two as well. They already confirmed they're going to start mm-hmm. making that. And it's only two seasons and that's it. It'll catch up to Rogue One by the end of season two. Right. And I, again, they have to do that. Otherwise, they kind of wrote themselves into a corner with Rogue One coming out first. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, RB, you want to let the people know what we're going to be discussing on ne- next week's episodes of Top of the List. Yeah. So next week, we're excited to bring you uh, sort of our our uh, review of Blonde. Uh, this is, of course, the next fl- uh, the Netflix film about Marilyn Monroe, a, a long film, really, a film that I'm really excited to review. Uh, of course, Dom and I, uh, both big Marilyn Monroe fans from what we've seen her in, and we've both taken film classes, obviously, film history. Uh, of course, some both of like us use hot. some like it hot films, yep. Uh, so, some like it hot fans. So really excited to <laughs> to see more about Marilyn Monroe. Obviously, uh, the 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 directors and producers want fifties nostalgia. We want Elvis. Now we're going Marilyn Monroe. So yeah. excited to see what they do with this. Another very long movie. It looks like it's got a runtime about two hours, 45 minutes, um, we'll but that's see. coming to Netflix. Uh, I believe tomorrow. So we'll get on that, watch that and uh, give you a review so far. A uh, rotten tomato uh, reviews are mostly high. I think it's about 65% right now. We'll see. We'll see yep. if it's, it's any good. We'll let you guys know what our verdict is next week. Um, and you know, last week we also mentioned that we do want to review the original Avatar film before the sequel comes out uh, this December. So that one's also on the docket as well. Um, and perhaps maybe even we'll discuss some more Rick and Morty soon because we're at the halfway point this week. Yeah, that seems to be going pretty well. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll discuss more Rick, more Rick and Morty for the Rick and Morty fans coming. Yep. I mean, a lot of a lot of good stuff coming for you, a lot of good content uh, coming your way, whether it's going to be more Andor related and Star Wars related, uh, Rick and Morty, or of course, whatever's coming to our, uh, our local theaters or streaming services. So stay tuned. And of course, we'll also have to finish up with uh, She-Hulk. We, we adopted this new structure where we do the premiere review and then we'll do a season review. So we'll see how that goes, you know, uh, just... We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we'll conflict a little bit about She-Hulk, but excited to discuss that one with you. You know what? Get the entire series. The the episode before this week's, I I actually enjoyed, and then this week kind of dove down a little bit. But we'll talk about that more yep. when we yep. get to the season review. So Absolutely. you guys can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave us a five star review. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought about Andor. Did you enjoy it? What side do you sit on? Do you like this darker, more adult Star Wars, or are you just keeping it in it for the kids? You know. That's how a lot of people feel. So let us know what you think. And um, you can also find down in the description the links to both our Twitter accounts and our Letterboxd accounts. You can follow us on both of those platforms to see uh, what we're retweeting and what kind of movies we're rating and stuff like that. So give us a follow there. And anything else, RB? No, that's it. Everyone have a great week. And we'll be back next week discussing Blonde. All right. Later, everybody. Later.